job was uh, being a virtual assistant. So I actually appreciate a lot nice. what it is. And, and because of that, it helped me grow so much. And, and just having that experience or that, that person that became an actual mentor to me, that's, that's something that's, that's, they it's did it right to have. That's awesome, man. They did it right. A lot of times people don't, and it's so important to do that. So yeah. How about, uh, All right, welcome in to Vision Pros Live. With Jackson Callum, I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guests, guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Ultimately, I just want to go through some of the things that might help you with your vision. If you have a vision that you're pursuing, drop a link in the comments and let us know what that is. If that's a business or a brand, um, if it's a nonprofit that you run, be happy to promote it, be happy to talk to you about it. And if you'd like to apply to be on Vision Pros and be interviewed about that vision, then by all means, feel free to reach out. Hey, 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 visionaries, and welcome to Vision Pros Live. I'm your host, Jackson Callum, founder of First Class Business, co-founder of Able Health, CEO of Podbooker, and we're going to be talking about the art of hiring virtual assistants and how to maximize your dollar by hiring outstanding VAs. Um, there are several secrets that I'd like to share with you today. Uh, some of them will, for some of you, seem like common sense, but others just haven't had the opportunity to do it. Plus, there's a lot of misunderstandings about what a virtual assistant is, what they're capable of doing, where they have to live, um, you know, what's the difference between a virtual assistant and an employee versus a contractor. There's a lot to learn about the process. And if you go about learning about it the right way, uh, then it can be a very valuable, uh, fantastic experience. So if you're in the process of trying to find virtual assistants right now and trying to hire virtual assistants, uh, then I'm going to work on sharing some things that will help speed up the process, speed up the effectiveness of what it is you're hiring for by actually asking you to take a step back probably and consider, are you ready to hire the virtual assistant? Do you have the systems in place in order to make their life and their role effective? Or have you made assumptions about what they're capable of doing? That is one of the biggest mistakes that I see entrepreneurs make is they assume that somebody else is going to be able to do whatever they're doing because of something called the curse of knowledge. What is the curse of knowledge? I wish I had a water bottle with me. Um, the curse of knowledge is once you know how to do something, you assume that everybody else knows how to do that exact same thing. And so you have this attitude of condescension. And so when you hire a virtual assistant, you assume, oh, well, they'll be able to write emails for me, or they'll know how to make the phone calls, or they'll know how to use Gmail. Uh, no, that's not necessarily the case. Um, and so you have to have a humility about you in order to train a virtual assistant, an employee, or an independent contractor on in how to succeed. And again, there's ways to make sure that you map that out in advance so that you save yourself the hassle of having to let somebody go or feeling like somebody took advantage of you or uh, getting to a point where you've now got somebody on payroll, but they're not effective at what they're doing. Uh, it's better to get those systems lined up first. So if you have any, if you have any of your own insight that I don't happen to catch on this show, by all means, feel free to to post it in the comments. 
there are so many different elements that need to be in place in order to make sure that your business is successful with any type of person that you hire. So without further ado, let's dive into one of the main questions. What is a virtual assistant according to Jackson at First Class Business? Uh, well, a virtual assistant is synonymous with an employee and a contractor. It's just somebody that you hire to assist you with virtual means of doing business, um, right? So if you've got a social media page to manage or you want to be able to somebody to sort your emails because you get hit by 100 emails per day and you want to filter some of those out, that's something that a virtual assistant could potentially do. Uh, web developers, you know, technically those contractors are all virtual assistants. They're assisting with work that's done in the virtual world. Now, a lot of business owners, especially smaller local business owners will say, I only wanna deal locally and that that's fine. But if you really pull away the titles, virtual assistant, employee, um, independent contractor, business owner, there's one shared factor in common. And that's that we're all human beings, right? So really for me, it doesn't matter if the person has the job and they live in Texas or they happen to live in Peru or somewhere else, right? I'm looking for the person who's going to serve my clients best. And I'm not going to put any type of prejudice, right? Or pre, uh, pre-considered thought in terms of like, oh, I'm not going to work with them because they're in this country or they're in this time zone. I'm going to look at who can provide the value that we need right? And, and the value that my prospects or my clients need, who's got the best capability of doing that. And I will say that time zone is one of the most important aspects for that when it comes to managing virtual assistant relationships. So whether the virtual assistant is in the Philippines, India, Pakistan, um, another country on the, or is that the Eastern side of the world, or they're in Central or South America or Mexico, there are so many opportunities. It can be very overwhelming. There's also different programs you can use to highlight to to uh, hire them, such as the more common ones being Upwork, uh, Upwork or Fiverr, and that's with two R's. Uh, another common place to hire virtual assistants uh, is Remote.co, um, and that's specifically a great one for if you're looking for people in Central South America or Mexico. Um, and I really, really like working with people on my own time zone. It just makes things a lot easier to move forward. Um, I also speak Spanish fluently. So <clears throat> while I know that that a lot of people in Pakistan and especially in India um, and the Philippines, they, they speak English as their predominant language, there's still cultural barriers to what you can understand and how you understand each other, whether it's because you don't understand sports or you have different holidays that you appreciate. Uh, the depth goes far and wide. You know, you take a New Yorker and a Texan and put them together, you're going to run into communication issues, um, even though our dialects of English are far more similar than my dialect is with those who live in India. So you want to be patient on that process, too, is, is do you understand? Well, same thing is true in Spanish. Um, there are a little bit of hiccups there where my Peruvian team members and Colombian team members, and Mexico team members, they all speak slightly different but there's still a, a bond that exists um, because of the depth of, of language that we all understand with each other. And, and um, I, I can't stress enough how important it is to also build that relationship just because they're virtual doesn't mean they don't value relationships, right? I, I often refer to virtual assistants when I see it done wrong, I call it virtual abuse, right? When you're putting somebody into a job and you treat them like, uh, a pair of shoes that you bought at Payless, 
Um, you know, like that, that's not a, you treat it like a transaction. And instead of worrying about who they are as a person and caring about them, if you treat it like a transaction, your relationship's not going to go very far and they're probably not going to do a great job of representing you or building your brand. So it's very important that you begin the process of scaling and the process of hiring, thinking about how do I care about this person? Because my favorite quote, people don't care how much you know about your own business, about your own life or anything else until they know how much you care, right? So while that person might want a paycheck from you, just because they want a paycheck doesn't mean they're ready to provide extreme value for you and your customers, right? You have to first care about them as an individual. And when you care about them and show them that, that they matter to your operation, that they matter, like what they're going to do matters, then they show up with a whole lot more appreciation for the work that you've provided. Um, so what are the key advantages of hiring virtual assistants for businesses looking to scale their growth? Um, one of the greatest advantages when it comes to uh, hiring a virtual assistant is, I mean, let's just be frank, the, the pay, um, the amount that you are committed to paying to an individual who has, um, you know, a much, um, a much different economy that they face than we face in the United States. Um, in the United States, you also have to worry a whole lot more about uh, wage claims and worker compensations and lawsuits and things like that. When you're working with virtual assistants, you don't have that level of threat um, that you're facing and allows you to show up with a lot less hesitation in the relationship. Um, you know, I, I feel that it empowers me to have a safer relationship with those that I work with. Um, granted, it does give me more control in the equation. And it, you know, if you think about the word control and you think about the word power, I think about uh, what is his name? Uncle Ben in Spider-Man where he says, with great power comes great responsibility. And I feel very responsible to provide a, a great path for my team members to level up. So if you got here thinking, oh man, he's going to teach me all the secrets to just hiring VAs fast and taking advantage of the market and all that. No, um, we're actually going to do the opposite. We're going to talk about how to bless the market and how to create a mutually beneficial, healthy relationship with that virtual assistant who is there to assist you in serving those you're supposed to be caring for most, right? The people that, uh, that your, your clients, which empowers you, to then raise your income and raise your ability to be there for those who you probably love the most, your family members, your friends, those who you want to spend uh, your, your off hours with. So um, when it comes to <clears throat> key advantages, um, yeah, the, the pay is a big factor on that. For instance, let's look at what you can hire a virtual assistant for, like what type of price range. Then we might get into some of the activities you might hire somebody for. Um, such as lead generation, setting appointments, managing email, et cetera. Well, in, uh, if I want good quality work out of India, um, I'm probably going to pay close to $20 to $30 an hour for a lot of the types of things that I want to hire for, whether that's design work or web development, search engine optimization, Facebook ads management, um, uh, again, some type of marketing component or operations component, that's more or less what I'm going to uh, find on sites like Upwork and and uh, even Fiverr. I know Fiverr's got the $5 claim, but as a business owner, you get in there, you purchase a service for $5 or you're about to, and you realize all the things you really need are baked into the upgraded packages. Um, and so if you're, if you're at a business owner, if you're a business owner that's scaling, um, you're going to be paying quite a bit more money than what you see um, on the site when you first look at it. 
Now on the Philippine side, same thing. You're going to see a cost per hour of between $20 and $30 an hour. Now, again, you can find people who are uh, at far less uh, of a cost. You know, I'm talking $5 an hour, $3 an hour. My first virtual assistant that I hired was $3 and 33 cents an hour. Um, and he was based out of India. Um, and so if you are, are hiring people at a much lower cost, then just know that you're taking a far greater risk as well. That's something to consider, right? The, the less you pay somebody, the more likely they are to leave, the more likely they are to be disgruntled um, with the situation, the more likely they're going to, uh, and they might have even agreed to it. Um, I don't know about you, but if you've ever agreed to provide a service to somebody that you then regret later and are like, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. Um, it leaves you in a situation where that relationship can become hostile and toxic. And sometimes, you know, you are the greater contributing factor to that. But in all reality, doesn't it take two to tango, right? It, aren't there two people involved in the process? So as a business owner, you have a responsibility to think through, okay, did I put somebody in a position to where they want to take advantage of my business, right? Did I put somebody in a position where they do not trust me and do they not think they don't think that I have their best interest in mind? So again, it's so important to build your relationship with virtual assistants, no matter where on the planet they're from, even if they agree that they'll work different hours and they'll be just fine. Like if you don't have that relationship, then I can almost guarantee you they're not going to show up the same way for the work and the job, the same dedication that a team member would who knows that you have their best interests at heart, you know who they are, you know when their birthday is, and you care about the successes that they have in life. It's amazing what people will do when they know that you have their back. Um, so uh, when you look at Central and South America, where I typically hire out of, uh, the wage discrepancy goes down another level. Uh, my ex-sister-in-law, for instance, she worked for Walmart and for Sam's Club. And working at both of those entities, I mean, those are great brands, especially in Central or South America, right? They, they really are. They're, they're, it's amazing that they're there. Um, you can go and get a job there. And she was a data analyst, or I'm sorry, a data entry specialist. And she made $1.33 an hour. $1.33. Can you imagine making that? You know, so you, you make $1.33 an hour at one of the top companies to work for um, in the country. I say one of, I take the top thousand companies probably. Um, but unless you're working for you know, Samsung or I don't know, Exxon, I don't know what else exists down there, but that is mind blowing um, that one of the best jobs there only provides a salary of $1.33 an hour. And by the way, the more security an individual has in their workplace, the less the workplace has to pay, right? So uh, when you've got so many people who want to work at your establishment, you don't have to pay a whole lot. So there's all these individuals out there who would love to have that type of a job and you could get them hired as a virtual assistant making three, four, five dollars an hour and two, three X their lively, livelihood while earning somebody who's got a phenomenal skill set to be able to help you. And again, you stop to know, how do I bring that person on board? How do I train them? How do I recognize people who are going to be consistent and reliable? Um, what am I going to do if they don't have the tools? You know, they don't have the right internet speed, for instance, or they don't have the right computer was, well, is it worth investing and in getting them the right camera and helping them buy that on Amazon or the right microphone or the right laptop or investing in the right virtual office? They have those down there too, where they can go and work. There's so many things that we can do to solve the problem of empowering the rest of the world to increase uh, their ability to 
um, provide professional services to those those of us who are fortunate to live in a first world country. Um, so there's there's again there's a lot of advantages there. Um, let's keep going to the next question. So what specific and if you again if you think of an advantage on your end, um, you know we we'd love to hear it and feel free to, again provide your own answers on this. Um, provide your own questions too. If, if you're considering the idea of bringing on a virtual assistant, what are you considering bringing them on for? Um, you know, what are some of the types of tasks that you might want them to achieve? Uh, most entrepreneurs I know of really only thought through some of the web development stuff, some of the data entry aspects, and some of the lead generation uh, tactics that exist out there. I can tell you right now, that's one of the worst things you can bring a virtual assistant on for. Um, there is so much training that they need to go through in order to connect you with another human being and do that on your behalf. You know, the, the people, leaders in the world, you know, famous actors, presidents of countries, et cetera, that have somebody write a speech or coach them on what they're doing. They don't hire some random virtual assistant to do that for them. They hire somebody with extreme accolades and fantastic communication skills that probably communicates in their own language, the language they want to communicate in better than that leader is able to do. So if you're trying to outsource your voice to a virtual assistant with virtually no training, um, you are doing what a lot of people are doing out there, but I see 96% of people failing in business. So why are you following the trend? You know, that, that that's a very dangerous game to do. So what specific qualities or skills should businesses look for when hiring virtual assistants? I, I'll share with you. In fact, I'll throw it on my screen. Jaime, do you mind pulling up uh, some of the, the, probably one of the presentations, the new client presentations where we showcase when we're hiring, what do we look for in team members? Um, there's several different uh, images that I'd like for you guys to see, but I'll start with the virtues while he's pulling it up. So one, we build on a foundation of love. That means that the people that I'm interviewing, I got to have a way to detect that they also care about love in their life. I know that sounds kind of silly, but it really doesn't because there's, there's the ability to receive love, but there's also the ability to provide and give love. And if they don't know how to provide and give love, then it's probably not a good idea that they represent our brand. Now, the four pillars are persistence, patience, reliability, and consistency. Um, and not necessarily in any given order, but there are there are easier ways to test somebody's patience. It's easier to test patience than it is to test somebody's reliability. Reliability and consistency tend to take place over time. Oh man, that looks freaking awesome. Um, this is the latest design. I haven't even seen it yet. Um, so this is something that Gabriela uh, has been building with me uh, to get this this dynamic showcase of what we do to help businesses with growth. Oh my gosh, that's exciting. Um, so we're going to shift gears though over to the pillars um, of team building. So here they are. So number one, how can I test to see if somebody's patient? So there's lots of ways you can do this. One of the ways I used to do this, I don't now, um, but one of the ways I used to do this is for our interviews, we would for our sales team, we would literally on purpose miss the first interview. And I know people are like, well, I would never work for a company like that. that that's the point. We don't want you. Um, if you're not willing to be patient with brands, you're going to have to be patient with prospects all the time. People who no-show. Some people call it ghosting. That's a very victim word, by the way. Um, if you feel like people ghost you, you're more worried about yourself than you are about the person you're serving. So you might uh, you know, heat check yourself and pull that from your vocabulary. Um, so there's that patience aspect. That's a virtue. We, we need to be patient, but the other virtue that goes hand in hand with that, which is kind of the opposite is persistent. 
right? So if somebody, if I, how, how can I be patient and persistent? Well, if, if I want to work for a company and this company has got a lot of things in their plate and I'm one of a million people that's in the process of possibly being hired, then I got to be persistent enough to reach out and say, hey, um, I hope you're doing well. I hope everything's okay. Um, you know, could we get back on track with our interview? Um, later this afternoon, I can do it for but I've got another interview at 5 p.m. So I could also do tomorrow at this time. And this is, by the way, a great interview strategy for looking for a job because what I've done is I've planted a seed that I also am valuable on the market and there's other places I might work. And I'm probably one of the few people who decided to persistently reach back out and, and say, hey, you know what? I really do want to work with your company and this means a lot to me. Now, what I'm not doing is I'm not giving them full control over my life and saying, hey, um, you know, I'm going to work for you no matter what. I'm going to bend over backwards and do everything you say. That's also not healthy. There's a balance there. But patience and persistence are two virtues that are incredibly important. And we do have other ways where we test that. Part of it is making sure that we have multiple interviews in the process. And we usually have at least three interviews in the process of moving somebody forward in our pipeline. If you look at, if you're familiar with executive roles, then you know that that's something that's super necessary. Go back and watch the good old funny movie, What About Bob? And in What About Bob? You know, you'll see that the interviews that the uh, the, the psychiatric guy, guy, I don't know, psychiatrist had, um, you know, they, they actually came to his house, wanted to get to his family before they did whatever interview they were doing. Um, you know, that's not an uncommon process. It's a very common process. The higher you get up on the totem pole of working America or um, you know, corporate America rather, and moving into positions of leadership, the more intense the interview process has become. It's not the same as, uh, you know, being accepted to work at a snow cone stand, um, you know, or trying to get involved at some insurance brokerage where they'll pretty much take anybody, um, you know, who's willing, who's able to pass whatever criminal background check um, that, they're, that they're doing. So uh, patience and persistence, very important keys to test for with your virtual assistants. Consistency and reliability. How do you, how do you gauge for somebody who's consistent and reliable well, you can't do that perfectly up front. What you can look at is, did they show up for the meeting on time? If they didn't, how do they handle that? You know, are they overly apologetic and they seem kind of superficial or do they, they seem on point? Um, you can send them the interview information, but maybe send the Zoom link after the fact, right? To find out, are they diligent and do they come in stressed and overwhelmed or do they come in prepared and centered? Um, right. That also has a lot to do with reliability. People who are solution oriented, not problem oriented, they'll find a solution to those problems, right? Whether that's reaching out, um, trying to find you on Facebook or on Skype. There's a lot of things that we can do as solution seekers to connect with somebody that may or may not have missed an appointment or experienced a hiccup in a hiring process. It's very important to assess how do your virtual assistants handle those types of scenarios because it will help you know if they are starting from scratch or if they're tier one, tier two, tier three, there's all sorts of different levels you can put on that. But ultimately your, your high-end virtual assistants, they're going to walk circles around other types of virtual assistants because they're prepared for engagements like that. They understand that it's a fight to get the job. I have to show up and, and present myself as a very strong worker in order to influence this uh, this hire, um, you know, this company that I'm worth working with. Um, so let's go on, go to the next one, Jaime. Um, we'll continue to look at these qualities and these skill sets. So the next slide in this sequence um, talks about 
the management game plan. You yourself have to be able to manage a team, right? And this is one of the one of the easiest concepts. This comes from a book called uh, The One Minute Manager by Ken Blanchard. He's a phenomenal teacher. Um, and ultimately, the success of the One Minute Manager plan is built on establishing clear goals, being uh, being accountable for the goals that you've established, right? And holding your team accountable for them. And it comprises both healthy praises and healthy reprimands. One request, Jaime, if you can make a note, I want to flip the order um, of that on this on this slide because uh, praise is really where you start when you have somebody who joins a company. Is there's really no reason to provide any reprimands, um, you know, until the relationship gets to a point where somebody has refused to do the work or they've had an attitude problem. Um, and so when you study books like this, um, you know, the one minute manager, and then you dedicate like we have, you know, this, we, we've designed our own view of how this process and workflow works. It allows you to be more centered as a leader and in, in helping people level up. The point is not to crush people. The point is to help them know what's acceptable in the job environment, what's not, how to improve and go back to reestablishing the goal or recommitting to the goal, however is necessary. And if they win, celebrate with them. You know, like that's a big one. You know, you've got to be willing to celebrate with these virtual assistants. So those are some of the <clears throat> some of the, the qualities, again, some of the skill sets um, that you should develop on your end. Uh, the virtual assistant, if they're managing something like an email marketing campaign, then, you know, they're going to need to send you some proof of that. And if you just take somebody's word for their proof, I'm so sorry. Um, you're going to get taken advantage of on occasion in life. You you do have to be a wise steward of what you do. So keep in mind, they can <clears throat> go find any case study on the internet, adjust and change and manipulate it to look like it's work that they've done. By the way, employees do this too. Um, you know, even people who look you face to the face, shake your hand, they do the same types of things. You've got to have the discipline to know uh, how to, and it's what it's what it was called in school was comprehensive reading right? The better comprehensive reader you were, the more likely you're going to be great at hiring. If you were not good at comprehensive reading, it's very important to work with somebody who is, who can catch the little details that are overlooked and often considered nuances and, and annoying, but they're really the, the critical components that help you understand the character, the mindset, the strategy, and the way somebody presents themselves. So what you want to do is on the beginning, you want to provide some type of assessment or test that they have to pass. They have to do something in order to prove that. And you, by the way, if you want the secrets, like the full on secrets of how we utilize this, go to firstclassbusiness.io. We got a big old button that says join our team and go look at our pages for what we're hiring for and go through the process, like submit an application, submit a fake one. Urgh. All right, you submit a fake application. That's fine. It's not gonna waste our time. We'll see it. We'll let it go by. And then you'll be able to see, okay, now that I've applied, what's the next step it's asking me to go through? Well, if we're asking for those steps, it's because we're modeling companies like Home Depot and Disney and Google and others who are doing the same thing. Your business should probably be setting up the same type of funnel and ecosystem to attract who you want to work for you. If you were to go through our sales process, you'd see that we actually have our salespeople do two different types of Loom videos. That's just a recording video, kind of like the software you're seeing me on now. And they have to present themselves in video fashion, right? And the next level is, they have to sell our services in video form without having a prospect in front of them. It's not a role play that's live with somebody to help. You have to pretend to sell to somebody. It's one of the most genius things I'd ever seen. Um, and I saw it over at Flow Research Collective and I was like, wow, 
that was a brilliant move. That was back when they were hiring me to come on and represent their company. I had to do that. I had to sell to the camera and imagine what would the questions be like that the prospect would ask me as I was doing that. It was, it was super awesome. I was like, wow, that's elite level sales training experience right there. And they were able to learn a lot about me in the process. I recommend that everybody who's hiring for sales has a similar process in place because what's also going to happen is your less diligent workers, those who don't really want it, they're going to disappear. They're going to go away. They don't, they don't want to go through that process. Um, so secrets and strategies for finding and attracting top-notch virtual assistants. Uh, one of the greatest obvious secrets in this is be an attractive company, right? Build, build your team, care about your team. You know, your, your team's going to be a reflection of what, of the environment that that person's going to be coming into, right? And so you don't want them coming into, I think of that movie, Matilda, uh, right? The school she goes to and there's that, like awful principal and all the kids feel like they're in jail. Um, like if that's the feeling that that's the person gets when they're coming into your work environment, uh, how's that going to go? Um, you know, how inspired are they going to feel to perform super well? They, they might perform because they're scared, but I find that people who perform based on love and desire to build to do a lot better job. So when people come in and they're able to get to know what you stand for and, and who's working for your company and they see you posting about people's birthdays or their anniversaries and things like that, um, it allows people to feel safe. And when people feel safe, like I said, they tend to, to unlock a new level of performance that they wouldn't have otherwise. So um, finding and attracting, encouraging team members to bring other team members on. Um, I'm not encouraging nepotism. Uh, that's different, um, right? But can you have family members work in the same company? Absolutely. Um, you know, and can they even manage with each other? I mean, I guess you can go down the nepotism path um, a little bit. There's, there's plenty of good companies out there who have familial relationships running things. Um, but I'm talking about inspiring people who they used to work with at past companies too, or inviting people into, like we have a Facebook group called Oportunidades de Trabajo uh, para Latinos. And what that is, opportunities of work for work for Latinos. And it's absolutely free. We bring people into that. Um, they then go through the process of, uh, they either exist in there, don't do anything, which is fine. Or they go through, they start asking questions and getting involved in English learning classes that are free, or they uh, want help on their resume, or they want to learn about job interviews. All of them are constantly pre-qualifying for working with our brand or our clients' brands. They're all going through the nurture process of building up their skill sets in order to qualify to work with us and others. So it's, kind of, it's a really cool pool of individuals that ultimately will allow first-class business as we get ready to launch that to diversify our own income and ultimately provide that pool of, of networking as a, uh, as a recruiting agency, so to speak for others, be a virtual agency um, for businesses who want to hire. And I, I've worked with a lot of great virtual agencies. I, I can't remember the names. That was one of the questions on here was uh, what entities, uh, the, the safest ones, again, remote.co, Upwork and Fiverr. Um, those are the three that I, I'd recommend getting your feet wet with and learning about. Um, and if you want some advice from, from us, of course, um, we're happy to give further advice. So that, uh, that attracting component, you have to be attractive to attract finding again, encourage your team members to spread the word and make sure that you have pages. Like we also show you go to first class business, you got to join our team. You'll see the most common positions that we're hiring for. And we can promote those on LinkedIn. We can, we can put posts about those out there and say, Hey, we're looking for more alignment specialists or, Hey, we're looking for you know, more web developers and designers. Another key factor is you don't have to hire right away. 
right? When I went to Lifetime Fitness, I was hired right away because I'm tenacious, right? I'm like persistent as it gets. But most of the people who were hired, I asked them, how long did it take you to get hired? Most people, it took six months before they got a call back to get work. And I was like, oh man, like I would have had like five jobs by then, um, you know, or 50 job offers by then if I just stayed in that process because of my nature of being so persistent. But uh, the, the reality is, you're not doing somebody a disservice by giving them an opportunity saying, Hey, you know what? We really appreciate talking to you. This is not the time for us, but do you mind if we reach back out to in the future? If we have anything, come, if we have anything come up, you want to have supply and demand in your favor as a business, especially in terms of hiring. What if something happens to one of your coworkers who does something Im imperative for the company? You know, what if you have somebody who wants to just go on vacation for two weeks, right? And you've got somebody on deck who you trust to fill in some of those gaps, perhaps. And maybe you do only hire them for the contracted work for those two weeks, right? And that, that's okay. Um, you've got to realize that you, you can't give more than you have to give, but that even giving a little bit can be a blessing just because somebody else is like, no, how rude and disrespectful. I don't want to work for you. Part well, you know, I get that. Especially again, I'm going to pick on my own country. In America, a lot of people have that attitude. Um, you know, where it's like, you know what, I better not even try um, to hire from this pool because people are so rude sometimes when, when things don't go their way. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest, you, you entrepreneurs out there, you have a very, very hard uphill battle. Um, if you're limited to only working with people who are local, your, your pool of performance is much smaller. You don't have access to billions. You have access to more like thousands or hundreds of people. So um, that said, it's also important uh, as an American employee, right? Somebody who wants to be on a team and doesn't want to create their own vision. We have to have the disciplines to be willing to be humble enough to get the job, right? And I, I can speak from experience on that. Yes, I'm an entrepreneur, but I have to attract my clients as do my team members. We are constantly in the position of being hired, um, you know, and, and being in the interview process. And if I can't show them that I'm willing to go to work and then I'm willing to do what others aren't willing to do, then we also won't win our clients. Um, so some entrepreneurs face the reality of constantly being in the job market based on what it is we do for work. So any uh, any thoughts or comments? I'm going to slow down a little bit for another uh, opportunity for you guys to contribute. Um, you know, if this is helpful, give us a thumbs up or a like as well. Um, you know, if you've got challenging questions um, that you're facing in terms of growth or, uh, you know, you're looking for connection to somebody with a specific skill set, don't hesitate to ask, right? I'm a big fan of the scripture that says, ask and you shall receive, right? Knock and shall be open to you. Well, that doesn't just apply to God, that applies to everybody, right? If you're willing to ask others for help, it's amazing what type of help you can get. So don't hesitate, again, in the comments to take me down a different direction for what you might want to hear about maximizing your dollar by hiring outstanding virtual assistants um, and, and what secrets you want me to unveil. I'm just going to keep going though based on the secrets I have discovered um, from my years of experience in hiring virtual assistants and working with different companies for growth. So what are some of the best practices or tools for maintaining effective and efficient communication? Um, one thing I would adjust, you know, what are the hundreds of best practices? Um, you know, let's not mince words here. Uh, you have a lot to learn uh, when you're bringing somebody on and, and hiring. And so some of the best practices are knowing who do you trust for that guidance? You know, so one, uh, the, the books that I wish I had read in this particular order, and I regret not reading some of them. I wish I had read, uh, well, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad early on. That was a phenomenal, important book for me. One Minute Manager, 
easy book to consume, uh, super valuable. Raving fans, also by by uh, Ken Blanchard. Those are stepping stones uh, that will unlock secrets for you. Moving on to the E Myth. The E Myth is like one of the biggest books that I'm so disappointed in myself for not reading eight years ago when it first came across my desk. It would have saved me so much hassle. I highly recommend learning about the E Myth. And why? Because he talks about prototyping. He talks about building out the descriptions of the tasks that you don't want to do or that you need somebody else to do so that it's pretty easy for anybody to come in and fulfill those roles. So that also leads to watching the movie, which I'm, I, the movie's kind of gritty, but founder, um, you know, about McDonald's. Uh, I'm not condoning uh, the lifestyle. I'm also not judging uh, him, but there's certain things that irk me about that story um, and that, that rub me wrong. At the same time, it's so phenomenal. It's so ingenious to see how the McDonald brothers and how Ray Kroc um, both contributed to creating systems and processes and pivoting that business model in order to become the McDonald's that we know it is today. Um, again, good or bad doesn't matter. They scaled. Um, and that's what we're talking about is scaling um, and, and maximizing growth. So uh, another book goes right behind that, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. Phenomenal book. Read, Listen to that one. That one's got like 17 different personalities in it. It's built more like a story with a lot of moving parts. I highly recommend listening through it. My business partner, Dean, has now listened to it three times. He said he's on his third time right now listening to it because it was so valuable. And I don't know how he does that. I read slow. I listen slow. I take a lot of notes. So I have a feeling when I do read a book, I read it far more um, thoroughly than, than most people do. But like I said, I take a long time uh, to read any particular book because of it. So yeah, maintaining your knowledge, leveling up, asking other entrepreneurs too what they're doing, going and looking and seeing how they're hiring. If you see a company that has employees, right, that you're impressed with, find out about their hiring processes, right? That's key. Find out what they do. Topgolf is one where I made sure to ask a lot about that. I was like, guys, how do you, how do, you do this? Like, what are you, what are you guys doing? And the, everything, I learned all about the process of so the interviews that they go through and the experience. They do this thing called the X factor. Um, and they give you like 30 minutes to do it. Um, and granted, they're an entertainment company. They, they need people who are far more entertaining, you know, willing to contribute to the positive vibe and environment in order to work there. It's really brilliant how they do that. But those same types of principles, they apply to the online world too, right? So if you know of companies that are working successfully with virtual assistants, then start going through their hiring process and, and seeing what does it look like? What can you learn from that? Or hire somebody who's crazy enough to do that. Um, yours truly. Um, I love doing that. I love, I love learning about what people are putting out there. Um, so how can businesses effectively delegate and empower virtual assistants to contribute to growth and success? Uh, a lot of that goes down to, again, back to training, right? So one of my clients months ago asked me, Jackson, you're just mesmerized by our team. We have a phenomenal team. Our team shows up and they produce super well. I absolutely love working with each person that's on our team. Uh, they all contribute to the cultivating our culture and, and moving our leadership forward. Jaime is a fantastic rep representation of that. He's the one who helps me um, with the dynamics of this uh, the streaming of, of this program. Um, and, you know, when he asked me, when Dr. Seth Yates of uh, Able Health asked me, he said, Jackson, how do you find VAs like this, like that are this incredible. And I, I couldn't help but laugh. And I was like, you know, um, they are great people. And that there's a big part of it is you got to find the great people. But what you're referencing in terms of what they're capable of doing, 
Seth, I, I train for two to four hours per day with my virtual assistant teams. Like we're in the trenches working together and I'm training them how to train each other constantly. And I'm creating videos for them. I'm highly invested in the success of our team and building out those prototypes. So it's not a matter of find, only finding the type of person. It's also a matter of knowing how to support them and knowing how to teach them what you do. And when they fail at that, taking a step back, remembering that as I'm pointing my finger at them for failing, there are three giant fingers pointing right back at me. And so I have to take the personal assessment of what did I do wrong to get them off to a poor start, right? What is it that I can do better? What clarity did I lack? But then I need to go to them and find out, you know, they're worried. Uh, every virtual assistant, when they're brand new to this company, or company, they know the ax is coming, right? They, they know they're going to get fired. Not here. That's not how it works. Um, right. Because we're not looking for instant results. We're looking for long term growth and people who know how to provide tremendous value. And that's what leads to creating a team where the long term results get faster and faster to produce. Right. So now I go in and I say, you know, all right, what happened? Um, you know, what what did we not provide in order to help you be successful? Um, right. And what 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 elements can we improve about this? What can we change? And don't get me wrong. Jaime knows I'm the first to, to also get upset sometimes and really go into people and be like, yo, you really messed this up. How did this happen? You have the instructions over here. Like what, what, what's the, what's the problem, man? Like, why can't you do this? We need to move your roles or not. So we will have hard conversations, but those hard conversations also come after having built an incredible foundation of trust, um, which is developed by vulnerability and being me being willing to say, guys, I know our systems aren't perfect right? We need to do our part on our end. So what can I do? What do I need to be doing to improve? And what on your end do you need to be doing to, to improve? I don't know if Jaime can come on right now. His picture just came off. Jaime, if you can come on um, and expose even further transparency regarding that, um, I, I'm perfectly, I'd be perfectly happy to see that and hear that. So what, what else, man? What, uh, what else would you like to contribute so far just based on what we've talked about? I mean, everything that you said is pretty much on point i was actually sharing before we came on uh, my experience as like my big first employment or that i consider to be like in line with everything that i had done in my life uh, meaning like studying and moving forward was being a virtual assistant and getting here it's it's a little bit different because of the culture it's, it's so important to always have that where you have that open conflict you're basically in a company and you don't feel like you're a remote at all because you are engaged constantly by your your peers and by uh, also your superiors and you're being challenged and you're being taught and it's it's a great working environment and that's how people should always look at having that virtual uh, office or that virtual space where they have people it's, it's having that same atmosphere where you are in the same place and you have to create that conflict. You have to create that feeling of that, that you're always being pushed to be better and that you're constantly learning, you're gathering new skills, new abilities, and you yourself as, let's say, that virtual assistant or that virtual remote position, you're moving the company forward. It doesn't even matter if you're remote or if you're 
from that certain place. It's you're moving with that company. You're trying to get it to move forward and get the results that are needed. So that's, that, right, that's as much as I want to. That that's that's like basically it as far as like being challenged in 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 this specific space. And you're you're a le living legend in the virtual assistant space, by the way. Um, and you know, when I was working at my first startup, um, I was also technically a virtual assistant. You know, my job was as sales, uh, right? And then later it was as executive, but I was still a virtual assistant in many regards in what I did. So there's there's far less limitations on it than people realize. Um, some of the top tier companies in the, I don't know very many top tier companies in the world that aren't working with virtual assistants. That's another good indication of the power and value that exists. Um, and as a business owner, you know, you're not doing yourself any favors by hiring expensive talent locally, throttling your ability to grow, you know, while you're in early growth stages um, and basically uh, cutting off other people who could help you scale with a better return on your investment. Right. If you create a better return on your investment and you scale your revenues, what that does is it positions you to be able to have the revenues necessary to then hire more people locally, too. Right. You don't you can have your cake and eat it, too. You're not limited to one or the other. Um, so some of the challenges or pitfalls that businesses may encounter, we, we've talked about quite a few of those. I'll reiterate uh, not taking your time and building the process out the right way. But it's not just about time, not knowing the strategy either and being too prideful, you know, where you feel like you have to figure that out on your own. You do not. That's the hard way to figure it out. You can work with companies, get advice, um, you know, then turn down the company, you know, meet with a recruiter um, and talk to them about their processes. And they say, well, are you ready to get started? Tell them, no, thank you. And I, I have more research to do. And then go and do your more research. You're not stuck um, with making a decision just because you explore the options of bringing somebody in. So, um, with that said, if you have any final questions, throw them in the comments um, about virtual assistants. We'll be happy to address them after the show. Um, we do have materials that we can give away with this. In fact, Jaime, we have a book coming out uh, and I have the manuscript, uh, the first version of it done. I will say that in my manuscript called Breaking the Law, Breaking the Business Law by Jackson Callum, it's got quite a bit of condescension. Um, in this, in this book, you know, I, I wrote from a very passionate standpoint, um, of, you know, like, ah, I just really want people to get this and understand it. But, um, you know, and so I didn't write with, uh, a very soft voice, but I highly recommend reading it, um, you know, and going through that and understanding, okay, um, what does it talk about? It talks about determining your business budget with confidence. Um, and while that's slightly different, your budget is something that you should have prepared before you're hiring by the way, like it goes hand in hand. You want to have the budget there. That way you can hire effectively and appropriately. Um, we also have other resources like the, uh, I think it's called the 10 hiring truths. Um, that might be in the book. I can't remember at this point. They're both very uh, big resources that were right next to each other in my past. Um, and I recently recurated them so we could get them out as part of the first class business brand. Um, so feel free to, to download those aspects. Um, and We'd also be happy, Jaime, why not? Um, for this episode, we'll go out and throw out another bonus. We have the Revenue Growth Workbook Intensive. Um, that's a $99 package that includes a video from me walking you through your irresistible offers. You can also utilize that to build your irresistible offer as an employer, right? How, how does working for your company affect people? Because again, the more demand you create, 
on people wanting to work for you, the more likely you're going to attract top tier clients. It's not, it's, it's not an accident that the top people in basketball want to play for the Lakers and the top professionals in baseball want to play for the Yankees. You know, that's, there's a reason why people are attracted to that. You need to have a reason for top tier talent to want to be attracted to working with you too. And the revenue growth workbook can help on that. So it's $99, but we're going to go ahead and send out the VIP link. Um, and the VIP link will allow you to download that and go through that video training for zero dollars. Um, it'll be completely discounted so you can use it. So um, anyway, Vision Pros, we love having you. We're happy to have hosted you. Uh, if you need anything for your growth, don't hesitate, reach out and we will see you in tomorrow's episode. Everybody have a great Thanks, Jaime. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. We optimize them as the months go by. This is going to get more and more fun. Um, we'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for 